going on, everybody? It's your buddy. It's your pal, Spaz Phoenix, along with Kristen. We're back here with the Flix Fix, and this is the third installment of the Godzilla trilogy. We're here to talk about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Kristen, how are you? Doing great. We were supposed to do this last week, and we both fell asleep. Can we just be honest about that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's terrible. He, he, uh, Spaz canceled first, but I fell asleep first. Spaz canceled because you fell asleep. Come on now. No, Spaz canceled because you wanted to go to sleep. But you beat you me to no it. You had no idea I was asleep. Anyways, this is the next edition of the Flix Fix. A quick uh, programming note for those of you that have been paying attention on the Tuesday nights that I've been putting this up. Uh, we haven't put out anything new the past couple of Tuesdays, but I have re-released our... Um, our at the time reviews of uh, Avengers Civil War and uh, Black Panther. So go back and enjoy those if you want. And coming up very, very, very soon, although I don't quite know when because it's a long ass video, I will be re releasing our monster review of the first 19 MCU movies. That might be a Saturday. That might be a Saturday release. That might be a special time for that one because I don't think anybody's going to listen to us talk about Marvel until 1 o'clock in the morning, my time. So that is coming. Also, I revamped a review that we did of Suicide Squad from Kristen's channel. She's been nice enough to donate the content. And we had our thoughts as well on uh, on this year's, what was it, San Diego Comic-Con, talking about the Phase 4 of Marvel. Yes. That was all good, too. I tried to pull our review of, uh, what was it, Captain Marvel and Ant-Man and the Wasp, and the audio was just really, really choppy and sort of unsalvageable. So, unfortunately, I won't be releasing that one. But we've got much more movies that we plan to review for you guys in the future so don't worry at the most i think at this point we may miss a tuesday but i don't think you're going to go too many weeks without hearing from us on something so king of the monsters this is the best one of all of them <sighs> now of this of this trilogy of this current trilogy that we're in i i don't know that I agree, only because of what the we said. The monster fights are far superior in the this one. The monster fights, okay. Oh, the spectacle, okay. If you're looking at it from a spectacle point of view, absolutely. I'm not going to debate you in the slightest. But I will say, when we did uh, Kong Skull Island and we talk about, you know, Godzilla, the first Godzilla was about the monsters, uh, Kong Skull Island went the extra step of fixing what I God would argue that the first Godzilla was not about the monsters, nor was it about the people. It was just stuff happening. <laughs> <laughs> the Simon Miller thing. Stuff just happens. Um... But this no, one is more about the mon I would say this one is about the monsters. This one is about the monsters, which does put in as much as as awesome as the monsters are, and I do have something I want to talk about a little later on about a spin-off that I want to see, but we'll get to it when we get to it. When you don't give a shit about the people, as awesome as the spectacle is and you know, we're there for the monsters, Kong Skull Island really does underline uh, the importance of being invested in the people in the movie, even if they're not the focus. Because, I mean, we talked about it in the last review. The the cast of Skull Island is is phenomenal for a lot of reasons. I mean, there's the clear Marvel ties that we've joked about a lot now. But honestly... I could not give a flying fuck about any of the characters in this movie. The my favorite one, the my favorite character in this movie is the guy that does like all the sonar shit. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the scientist. The scientist modeled off of Rick from Rick and Morty. Nice. Nice. I mean, the people in the background that have that constant look of, oh my god, these people are fighting over the pettiest shit, and meanwhile we're trying to stop an apocalypse from happening, what the fuck are we doing? I mean, the the human side of this story revolves around... Okay, it doesn't, really. I'm, I'm, I'm overstating it to make a point. The, the relationship between these divorced parents and this daughter and whatever that tries so hard to be the emotional crutch of the movie I, I, and Kristen, we just don't care <laughs> I was going to say I'm not going to speak for you but I couldn't care less I think the mother's stupid I think the dad is uh like I think he changes his mind way quickly where at first he's like fuck Godzilla I want him dead and then he's like I know what we should do. We should bring him a nuclear missile to heal him. But you know what the thing is, though, right? And is... then the girl is like, oh, I feel bad for Dad because he was a drunk. Oh, but Mom's crazy. <laughs> but Mom could literally destroy the world. Here's the thing, and I don't like... I mean, I like a lot of stupid movies, don't get me wrong. But I don't like a movie treating me like I'm stupid. And the whole... The whole crux of these three movies, if we talked about uh, a lot of the moral messaging in the first Godzilla movie, is that whole, like, rethink who your enemy really is. Oh, Godzilla's this terrifying thing. It must be our enemy, when really it's not. And then we double down on that in Kong Skull Island, to the point where they're helping Kong in the fight. And then we go into Godzilla, where Godzilla's still this big, terrifying thing, but we have to come around to the fact that this big, terrifying thing isn't actually our enemy. I can pick that moral story out of a movie without having the dad, as you say, like, turn on a dime. He, do I, he does. He turns on a dime. It's it's just... He literally I, goes from, he literally goes from, I want that thing dead. And they even use that at some point when, like, when he turns on a dime, he like, I want that thing dead more than anybody, but let's not kill it. <laughs> Yeah, it's just... And that is where he makes his turn. Yeah. And... Although I will say that this has my... One of my favorite visual scenes in uh, the entire trilogy. Um, I know we usually go through the entire plot of the movie for, and then do that, but... Oh, we're going we're gonna to do that, but if you want to talk about yeah. your favorite moment, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> my, uh, my favorite visual moment is when they're down in the... Uh, in the undersea like base, I forget where the, what what it's called. It has like a special name of some kind, but whatever. Oh, it's the, oh, the castle, like, the castle Bravo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when they're down in Castle Bravo, and uh, you know they're like, oh shit, Godzilla's on the move because it starts hearing. Uh, I guess Gadira is what is what was going on there, and so he starts. Um, you see complete darkness, and then they open the thing so that you can see out and all you see is the like light flashing and he's doing like the intimidation yeah. display. Oh, and then he basically does like the underwater version of a flyby. Yes. And it's great. And the, and uh... I, I love because it's complete darkness in the water and all you see is like the pulsing light of his, of his spines. And you can really kind of see how big he is without like, you know, without full-on seeing him in the daylight. Like, it. I feel like the scene is, like, the best of both worlds when it comes to the monster thing, where you can see how, like, massive and 
huge and uh, and uh, as much of a threat he he can be, but without directly seeing him with fucking spotlights and shit. Well, that's the thing. Like it it, mer- it merges the two different parts of a monster movie with like like take a look at this monster that you're ooh facing. Ooh and awe and holy fuck. You ooh it. You ooh and awe at the. At, at, you know, I'm gonna go into hyperbole a little bit, but you ooh and awe at the majesty of this thing that you're facing. But also, while it's right in your face, it's also hiding in the shadows. Exactly. And I think you. I don't think you get that any other way than with with it being an underwater scene. Like I don't think yeah. there's any way, like on land or even in the air, that you could do that. Because if it's there, it's there. And if there's light, there's light. Um, yeah, I think it's my favorite scene in the movie, and of course they're, of course the like, uh, animal behaviorist people are all like, it's an intimidation display, and all the technicians are like, consider me intimidated. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the, the, I like the fact that they have to explain it like, away. They they can't yeah. just let it be a cool thing that Godzilla does. Like they have to because they're the scientists of the movie, obviously. They have to explain it away. They have to, like, give you the breakdown. They have to, here's the textbook on Godzilla, because... Well, and also, let's let's be honest, like, as cool as the scene is and everything, and I really like the scene, when they explain, like, it's an intimidation display. When animals do an intimidation display, usually the thing they're trying to intimidate can see it. And they make a very big distinction that they are not the ones that Godzilla is trying to intimidate. He could not give a fuck about them. But also, he's trying, it, to, also you know, he's trying to intimidate the other alpha, Ghadira, who can't fucking see him. So there's other than the scene being fucking cool and in the ocean and everything we just explained, there's no reason for him to be doing it. And also, and this is something that comes up multiple times in the movie, so I'm going to jump on this right away if we want to do nitpicky stuff because, you know... It's what we do. The whole idea of everybody lower the guns and then he won't do anything. Like, Godzilla doesn't give a shit about your guns. Like, he just doesn't. Like, if you're peaceful, if you're trying to shoot him, if you're trying to shoot the thing he's going after, like, like if he's going to eat you, he's going to eat you. Like, Godzilla doesn't give a fuck about your guns. Like, I cannot imagine any sphere well, I, where I, Godzilla I gives like... a shit about your guns. Although I do like the thing that they're because they're like ready to shoot him in the thing, and they're like, "Hey, if you think if you unless you think you're gonna win with that thing, don't fucking shoot him." Because we're all under fucking water. What's less significant than a mosquito bite? Because that's what Godzilla thinks of your guns. All right, let's uh, let's start the beginning of the movie. Start at the beginning of the movie, and because it's a Godzilla movie, and because we're setting trends, and because we have one blueprint spread out over three movies, don't we start with a flashback of all the destruction of Godzilla in the first movie? And can I just say, this is the beginning of Batman vs. Superman with Bruce Wayne walking through the rubble of the Superman Zod fight. Yeah, pretty much. It, it it really is. I mean, it's really cool because they're showing it from like one family's point of view instead of a broad scope, so you get to feel really small. And the way they shoot up, it gives like the everyday person on the ground's perspective of a Godzilla attack. So while I don't care about the family, and while I don't usually drill down on shit like this, the way this opening scene is shot is terrifying. 
Well, the op- the opening thing is like you could. This is the beginning of you being like, okay, this is the this is the group we're supposed to care about. These are the humans we're going to identify with. But we don't. And then they do nothing with it after that. Because they're all assholes. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a particular like, <laughs> fan of any of them. Anybody who's ever heard me talk about shows like House of Cards are show where I say, I'm really glad that this show is like this because there's no good guys, no bad guys. It kind of shows that everybody can be a bit of an asshole, and that's what happens to you in politics. That doesn't apply here because they're trying to make us feel something for these people that I just don't. Of course they lost uh, a kid. It's the yes, bar- they it, lost a son. It's Baron Zemo's story in in Civil War. I don't know your kid. I don't give a fuck. Plus, you're not a good character, so I don't care. And you're an alcoholic that shoots, like, wolves, photography-wise, now. I don't. I really don't care. I don't. But then we have the flash forward to the mother and the daughter in the present day, and, you know, daughters... They're in, like, they're in, like, China somewhere, and basically they're, they're working with, uh, the mother is working with Monarch to monitor, uh, a larva... That is going to be Mothra. But you don't. But you don't know that right away. And this is where I say. This is where I say they waste a bit of time. If if I cared about these characters, the way they do this next bit would actually be pretty cool because they talk about, you know, they show the mother and the daughter, and the daughter's trying to cook breakfast, and you get this whole idea that you know her parents are kind of fucked in the head, so she's holding everybody together, she's making everybody breakfast, she's talking to her dad via email and keeping the family communicating and all that sort of thing. There's a little bit of character development there, and then she talks to the mom, and the mom's mad that she's talking to the dad, so obviously the parents have split up and all this sort of thing. And they do the whole thing of, oh, I was just on my computer looking for recipes and the mom's like oh you're looking for recipes for toast and then like from this average everyday suburban like kitchen they pan out and oh surprise surprise they're in the middle of japan and by the way they work for moth for uh not moth, monarch yeah now we go in and she's created the the orca which is like the macguffin of this movie it's a thing that can like talk to them and talk to the they've named all these monsters by the way they've named them titans yep they're all they're all a species of titan and uh they've made this this box that emits noise that the titans can hear and they can it can either make them go aggro or it can calm them the fuck down you said go aggro yes go aggro they go aggro okay fine fair enough what the fuck else are they doing at the end of the movie where they're like, we're just going to destroy shit? Well, yeah, well, you know, invasive it, species. It makes and... more sense than the bullshit that the dad says where it's like, they're hunting in packs. No, they're just like fucking shit up. They're not hunting anything. Yeah. What are they hunting? Well, no, the idea is when we get to Ghidorah and whatever and how Ghidorah Sorry. doesn't fit in, fit in with the rest of them. Like, there is this thing that goes throughout, like, the Titans' job throughout the world or whatever, some of them anyway, was to keep the balance, to, keep, to uh, you know, they all keep the balance under the eye of, like, one alpha, and that alpha is Godzilla. And the idea that Ghidorah, who we're going to talk about later on, comes in and fucks up that order, it gets you around that idea of they're just fucking shit up. Because yeah. you you can believe that you know without Ghidorah or Monster Zero as it's known for the first little. But then why did then why did the monsters in the first movie start fucking shit up? I I, I said not when all of Godzilla, them. When Godzilla when Godzilla just yelled at him, hey, cut that shit out, motherfucker. Well, that's. 
basic um, that's basically mine, what he does. In mine in Travis's uh headcanon of Godzilla, he is like a hard gangster type. Like he's like cursing at people and he shows up and he's like, Surprise, motherfucker and then like hits somebody. So Godzilla in the next movie is gonna show up with some bling and just tell everybody to put some respect on his he name. He doesn't need the bling. He's gonna to have, have bling. people have respect on his name. He doesn't need all the flash. His bling, though, I I imagine like we're gonna get Kong versus Godzilla. Well, because because I again further along in the story, but uh, Travis and I were talking about how like oh all the monsters are like uh, going going like they're listening to the alpha except kong who i assume also can hear this orca thing and he's just like yeah i don't give a fuck <laughs> fuck this shit i'm out okay so this, so because so this, we can't we because we can't the next help movie for me it ruins the, it, it put a thing in the next movie for it being like okay if kong is not going to come because of like the alpha calling or you know in this instance you they think kong is another alpha so Kong hears two different alphas, a third alpha, which is the orca, and he gives no fucks about any of that, but then we're supposed to be like, oh, and then they fight the next movie. What does Godzilla do that Kong is like, all right, now I have to do some shit? Can, can, can I, I show up on his island? Can I continue our very labored Marvel comparison? Yes. Kong in this situation is Hulk and Thor in Civil War. <laughs> they when, just when, fuck when, off. when General Ross was like, Yeah, but what about Hulk and Thor? Do you know where they are? It's like, No, nah, we can't find them. Where's Kong? <laughs> Where's King Kong? Uh, we can't find him. That, that storm around the island is real, real loud, so the sonar can't get through. Oh, I forgot about the storm on the island. Okay, if they would have been like that, they would have been like, well, that storm around the island, maybe. Well, can't because think about it. it. Like, none of the other. The... I would have explained that. I would have been like, okay, cool. There are, and I, there's one that I want to see more of, and like I say, I'm going to get to that later on. But, like, there are smaller titans on Skull Island as well, and you don't really see any of them in this either. Like, you don't see any of the Skull Crawlers, for example. That's because he fucked up that big Skull Crawler, and they <laughs> yeah. just go back into hiding. Yeah, but you don't see that, like, big, giant, like, I want to pretend I'm a big, scary creature, but I'm really just a moose with larger antlers thing <laughs> coming out of Skull Island. He couldn't lift his head up. That's fine. Yeah. So we go to the thing. We okay, to the... sorry. We're we're back we're back on storyline. We'll we'll try and keep it within storyline now. You can see how much we're gonna go off kilter on this one. Yeah. Um But they go to the monarch facility where Mothra is and whatever. And I have a question. Mothra about goes aggro with the with the orca and then they make it calm down. <laughs> thus proving the MacGuffin. It is. It is it is the mother box of this movie. But also I know it's not all of them, I know it's not necessarily Godzilla, but is it not heavily implied that some of the Titans have that, that EMP thing that just takes everything out? That, like, makes everything electronic or digital, like, just obsolete? Uh, some of them do, but it doesn't show that all of them do. Like, Godzilla doesn't. But every single Titan in this movie, other than Godzilla himself, has to be, like, quote-unquote, let out. At the very, very least... Because uh, you do see another Mudo and another Muta in this movie. So there's more than just the two that died in Godzilla the first. 
So, like, we know for a fact they have the the EMP, the uh, the ability to disable everything around them. So how is it that none of them have escaped? Um, Maybe kept... they're asleep. That's that's the reason I for a know. lot of that's the reason for a lot of things. I know I have to remember what kind of movie I'm in, and the real answer is because plot. But I want to find a deeper reason. I want to find a better reason that just isn't, okay, take it, because that's what the story tells you. Because Mothra, even though Mothra is, like, the beautifulest creature of the entire, like, zoo in this movie, I would love She's for, like... queen of the monsters. Him and Godzilla, they, they got, like, a thing going on, right? <laughs> Anyways, but I would love for like I would love the the counterbalance of like the most beautiful creature in the whole movie also like being the one that breaks out and fucks shit up and says you can't control you can't contain me. They tried to hold the Mudo in the first one. We we joked about this. They tried to hold the Mudo with cables. Uh, well, Mothra escapes. She the larva escapes and then yeah. goes to another site and makes a cocoon in like a waterfall. All right, so we we have all that. We have the the mom and the daughter being the one that calms the the uh, the Mothra down. We don't really spend a lot of time it is, on it, it. It does escape. It calms the Mothra down, and then uh, they they uh, it escapes and, like I said, makes a cocoon Under in the nearby falls. waterfall. Well, yeah. the reason it escapes really is because the uh, the big militant eco terrorist group that I don't remember the name of because I don't care came in and quote-unquote kidnapped the mother and daughter. But before we get to that, I do want to say, before she she calms it down with the, with, the, uh, with the Orca machine, like, a couple of those guys that are trying to, like, get it under control, they're definitely dead. Yeah. Like, like they've been, like, spit-fucked across the room into, like, the wall of this, like, big cavernous area. So we just, we definitely drift over... We definitely drift over the fact that like a handful of people just croaked right there. It's yes, not it's did. it's not the port of Gotham that is definitely empty. <laughs> it's definitely empty and Batman definitely doesn't kill all those people <laughs> while trying to kill Superman. The port is abandoned. Well well the 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 monarch facility in Japan or China or wherever the hell they are is not abandoned and they just fucking killed a bunch of people. And and that's a thing. But then you have to sign a release. You have to sign a waiver release when you go work for Mo when you go work for Monarch. I will. Yeah, it says I will not sue you if I die drowning in like alien moth jizz. Like it is. What it's it in is. the fine print. It's in that part of your of your first day paperwork that you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, and you just start signing. It's like right under your 401k, and it's right at the bottom of the iTunes terms of service. Exactly. You know, you know when you just scroll to be like, yeah, 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 agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might die. Whatever. Give me my paycheck. So they have the break-in, they have the kidnapping, and I'm sort of glossing over it. I don't know what you want to say about it, but they get kidnapped. Oh no, they've kidnapped and the scientists. Very, oh god, they kidnapped. Yeah. And, and then. Uh, and again, and I'm gonna cut. say I'm gonna say this throughout the movie. I would care if I cared. Uh, we then cut to that's how much I care. We then cut, cut to, to the a bunch of the monarchs scientists, uh, like Shirazawa and them. Um, Making, you know, making a plea to Congress to be like, hey. Maybe uh, don't maybe put these under should... military control. Yeah. 
let's not kill all of them. Uh, I will say one of the best lines in this was spoiled in the original trailer for the movie is when the judge is kind of laughing at Sarazawa and it's like, so you would want Godzilla to be our pet? No. No, he would, would be, be his. No, 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 no. Dramatically removes glasses. Oh, yeah, I forgot we, that part. <laughs> we would be his. And then the guy that's with him now, the younger scientist, is, like, trying to get him to shut up. And he's like, let me show you a video on, like, Mudo's mating. I think we've blurred out the genitals in this one. And then they just leave the court. <laughs> yeah, and they go and get the, uh, they go get the ex-husband. Yeah, they, they go, I've got this in here just, like, Monarch. I've just got them written down as, like, the mom, the dad, the daughter, because I don't even know their names. Um, they go get the ex-husband because they built... The ex the ex-husband and the ex-wife built the the or the orca together before they but lost then they their like kid. Just, yes and then they like destroyed it and then the mom built it back so then they bring the husband in because he's he he's the only other one that knows the orca inside and out so they're trying to like fucking track it somehow yeah he, like they find him and it's 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 another cliche like this is just this movie is just a stack of cliches but like the the main guy the main expert guy you need for your particular task is obviously off doing some wilderness shit like what's his name star lord in the second jurassic world is like uh, he's clearly off in his trailer building a cabin but they need to bring him mm -hmm. back to jurassic world he's off like taking pictures of wolves eating shit and uh it's just, it's, it's, it's all very, like, manufactured tension between all of them. It's like, oh my god, how can, like, nobody would react like this. Nobody would react like this to hearing that his wife and his kid had been kidnapped, and his thing is, what do you mean ex -wife. she can? Ex-wife. Still, like, if, if she gave you a kid, you have a connection. Like, it might not be a good one anymore, but you still do. The first thing is, what do you mean she kept building the Orca? I'm like, that's that's not a human reaction. Like, your human reaction would be like, okay, I gotta get my daughter back. And he comes around to that eventually. But it's like, what do you mean it should have never been built? I'm like, it's it's not well, the point. I can't, I can't help you with that. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> like, well, that's, like that's it what, was. That's what the young guy says, too. It's like, well, you know, if my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle, but here we are, and this is the current situation that we're in. But then, he totally switches gears when they get to the, the Castle Bravo facility, and all the military people are talking about how to track the orca, try to track, you know, where the kidnappers are, how to stop them from doing whatever they're doing next. And that's when he slams his hand on the table and says, what about my family? And it's like, you were just mad at your wife for recreating the machine, and that was what you were angry about. Now they're talking about that, and you've switched gears. It's very, very badly His anger scripted. changes depending on what the scene needs him to be pissed about. What he's talking about is, under, under definition for him, is just like, talk about the opposite of what everybody else is talking about. It's kind of bad. It's, the people in this movie are so lucky that the non-people in this movie make up for it, it's it's actually kind of infuriating if you're not laughing your ass off at it. Anyways, the kidnappers take the mom and the daughter to Antarctica, to the Monarch Post, where Monster Zero is. Because we don't know Monster Zero is Ghidorah just yet. But they have another big dramatic scene where the mother's trying to calm the daughter down. And like, just look at me. Don't look at anything else. Just do what I told you. And they just obviously kill a bunch don't, of people. Don't look at... Yeah, because the, the eco-terrorists, which don't have a name... Uh, run in and just, like, kill everybody, basically. Mm -hmm. It's a murder buffet. 
And then we do what you talked about before. Oh, and uh, before when they bring the dad in to be like, hey, we need you to track the orca. The only way they can track the orca is if so the orca is make to to talk to the titans is like making a noise that like the wife has like combined a bunch of shit together to make this specific noise and it's like a bunch of different uh <laughs> it's like, they oh, explained it yeah. as like it's a bunch of different like other noises it's uh, a bunch like of different Godzilla titans. and it's a bunch of other titans and then like another sound on top of it to make it like a unique fucking sound and which, spoiler alert I, it's people if, yes if i can spoil it the other sound is people my question is it's not like you could hear people talking what sound was the person making was it going like was it just screaming uh does it whisper sweet nothings in their ear like what sound that people make it's not they add to it it's not google translate for monsters <laughs> like it's really not I mean, I mean, this is like, by far is it not just the big... a dude talking and like, what sound that people make did they add to this thing to like? Okay, but not not even monster. not even that though. Like they drop that. I don't even know when they drop it in the movie. I don't even think I wrote it down. It's it's later because the dad figures it out. Like, but they the they the drop movie. they that's drop. That's how they're able to. That's they how drop... they're able to track it to Fenway Park. They drop the big later. they drop the big bomb that like part of this sound actually came from humans. But they never explain, like, why should we care about that? Like, how does that change anything? Because it doesn't. Like, it doesn't... Like, they've been tracking the machine. It just anyway. changes the fact that they can track it now. <sighs> okay, that that gets yada yada to fuck. And we're talking about a whole movie that is already yada yada. That is the... I would like to add, we're shitting on it. I like the movie. Oh, it's incredibly fun. It's incredibly fun. Eight and uh, you know I'm trying to avoid talking about wrestling during our our movie reviews, but it's just like when I rant on wrestling. People know right now I've been tearing a strip off of NXT. I tear a strip off of NXT because I like it. I do love this movie. I am not above stupid movies that make no sense, but we do have to acknowledge that it makes no sense or that yes. something is yada yada tell. And this thing, the addition of the human sound which is never fully explained, is the most yada 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 that ever yada yada. Yeah, you know, we just added, like, people noises. Yes. What the fuck does that mean, people noises? So we go down to one of your favorite moments. We go down into the uh, Castle Bravo. In the Castle Bravo. That's where the scene that I like really here's happens. Some, here's something else that yada yada is, right? Because the whole Orca thing is a communication device that Monarch has used to communicate with Godzilla, to track Godzilla, and, and all that sort of thing. Tell me how, by tracking something by its sound, they have detailed listings of Godzilla's oh, yeah, vitals. Oh, yeah, like, they can, like... They can, like he's in a fucking hospital. <laughs> they can, like, take his blood pressure and shit. Like, I would more... Sound. I would more believe that he is so gigantic that his heartbeat causes a ripple effect in the water... Then you can read his vitals from the sounds that he makes. Pick up, you could probably pick up heartbeat from the sonar if your sonar was, like, fine-tuned enough. But then wouldn't it, like, get a bunch of readings from, well, I guess Everything they else? that shit out. But, like, we can tell what his temperature is and, like, if he took a shit this morning. And, 
And then we do we do go back to what you mentioned before, which while we're shitting on the movie is, is visually brilliant. Is the him coming from far away, the pulsing of the water, him disappearing. That's the other thing about a, uh, a scary creature. Like you think as something comes closer, it comes into view. He gets more hard to see as he gets closer, and I think the psychology of that is fucking brilliant. And then he does the wicked flyby, and they trace him, and they realize he's going to Antarctica, but they don't know why. So, Except some people do know why, because they're like, oh, fuck, we have some other <laughs> monster there. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, he's going to Antarctica, we know what's in Antarctica, let's all suit up and go to Antarctica. So the terrorists, who are already in Antarctica, they work to free Monster Zero. And the best way that they can free Monster Zero is by sticking drills and bombs in the ice... The Monarch people come, and there's a standoff between two sets of random soldiers that we don't really care about. The big bomb here, literally, is the mom triggering the bomb, letting us and her husband and the crowd and everybody all know that she wasn't actually kidnapped. She was part of this plan all along. She was in on it. Um, you know, the call was coming from inside the house. Um, yeah. She frees Monster Zero, proves that she's in on it, and eventually... Everybody goes, no, and they all go back up to the surface again. <laughs> I mean, well, they let Gadira out, and of course, uh, you know, uh, uh, disaster ensues, just like it does in this movie. And and we um, get the first Godzilla versus uh, Monster Zero fight. Yes, which I'm gonna, is I'm, cool. I'm going to say Monster Zero until they have the big renaming moment. Because, you know, okay. when, they, when they figure out what the name is, and the guy that's there for comedy value only says, did you just call it gonorrhea? And it's, like, not even close. Yeah, that wasn't even close, dude. <laughs> like, that's a swing and a miss for comedy in this kind of movie. And you got to try. You have to really try to have a swing and a miss in a movie like this, where we're yada yada in getting somebody's vitals from their sonar speech patterns and whatever. Anyways... So everybody separates again. Monarch debates the mom's actions, and then she skypes in with her "I'm gonna save the world because I'm I've brainwashed myself" speech. Her her thing is like talk on you, this, and they talk about they talk about it earlier in the movie that all the places that the that the monsters have attacked in in like recent years um, is now like like over in Vegas and like in parts of San Francisco and shit like. The radiation is like making things bloom and stuff again. And in her mind, that uh, the Titans are the Earth's like defense mechanism, like a fever to try and kill an infection, which she believes is like the overpopulation of humans and shit like that. So they're going to let the Titans out. They're going to let the Titans out. It's going to destroy enough of humanity and then. The ones that go and hide in bunkers and shit will come back and they'll be able to repopulate and whatever. Yeah, it is the monster movie equivalent of the ends justify the means. Mm -hmm. uh, that's literally what it is. So we have the Skype call, da 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 da. Also, they're focusing on the uh, the Monarch facility at Isla de Mera, Mexico, where. They show shots of Mexico. They show shots of people trying to get out of Mexico or at least get out of that, the Ila de Mera uh, area because the volcano is freaking out. And, you know, it's not just a volcano. It's Rodan, a.k.a. the fire demon, coming up out of the volcano. 
Oh, a.k.a. Uh, the one that Travis calls uh, the little bitch. <laughs> yeah. He's, I will he's say. Kind of a bit, he's kind of a bitch because he only... So at some point he joins up with Gadira and then... <laughs> Once Gadira is dead, like he only joins up with Gadira because he's like, oh fuck. Basically, anything that's the alpha, he cowers to. So Travis calls him the little, the little bitch Gadira. Rodan the is little bitch uh, Rodan. Rodan is Falcon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say, and as you guys know, when we're talking about movies and stuff like that, I I do depend on uh, Kristen and her awesome wiki ability. I also do go back to my sources, which are Emergency Awesome and What Culture and CinemaSins. And CinemaSins has a sin on this particular scene that I'm going to pull right from one of their videos. And it's when Rodan first comes out of the volcano and they start trying to shoot it. And the quote from the movie is, yes, shoot it with bullets. That will really have a lot of effect on a monster that was just laughing at the freezing cold temperature of lava. <laughs> That's fucking funny. I, I'm, and true. I, they're not wrong, though. <laughs> the CinemaSins guys are fucking great, and I try not to lift their shit too much, but some of their shit is really, really good. And it is absolutely true. It puts it into stark focus. It's like, this thing was having a nice little power nap in a volcano. Like, Ghidorah was frozen, Godzilla's just chilling in the water, Mothra was, you know, in suspension or whatever. This thing was taking a nap in lava. This, Rodan, should be the most terrifying creature in the movie. It's not. And he's it, a little bitch. A little bitch. But it is what it is. But I just, it, it draws it into stark contrast of like, you know, in a lot of other movies, I'm not going to say Marvel, but marvel the whole idea of like power dynamic and who should be able to overpower who you get a scene like this and you realize that like maybe not this particular creature but give these like waking up origin stories to whatever creature you want to be the main monster of the movie oh i mean gadira was frozen you know block of ice well that kind of sucks and then later they are like Literally, he's, like, changing the fucking weather. Like, a hurricane is, like, around him at all times. Yeah, but Ghidorah isn't a titan, which we're going to talk about later. Well, he is, and he isn't. Well... a natural one. Well, to the the human population trying to identify him, like, everything is a titan. But titan, in the sense of these creatures that are supposed to caretake the Earth, not. But we haven't gotten there yet. So Rodan goes around, takes out a bunch of aircraft that are trying to shoot him because that'll work. Uh, goes head to head with Monster Zero, sort of like it, it is kind of like a, a nature movie where you know you got the young lion and the old lion and they're gonna test each other and and yeah. And then they're about to then they realize that yeah, Rodan, bit of a bitch. So they're they're a team now. They're about to attack the. By the way, he takes out an entire squadron of like because they don't they like bring Rodan to Monster Zero to be like, maybe they'll just take each other out. Yeah, that's, that's, no. And he takes out, like, an entire squadron of fighters. But you can't really blame them, though, because going off of the logic of Godzilla, they brought Godzilla, or let Godzilla deal with the Mothra, or the Mudo problem. So no, I can we'll just bring this thing over. <laughs> yeah. See if it'll kick this thing. Oh, nope, it did not. It did not kick that thing's ass. Um... Goes head-to-head with Monster Zero, gets overpowered really easily, becomes, as you said, Rodan the Bitch. 
And then they're about to attack the plane, and they get cut off by Godzilla, sort of flight number two. The army has given up on Godzilla. The, the army has given up on their own ability to take out this thing. Against everybody's sort of wishes and whatever, they launch this anti- they launch this anti-oxygen bomb after Godzilla managed to eat one of Monster Zero's heads. Now... Oh, yeah, he rips its head off. He rips its head off. Yeah. Um, and we'll, and, get, uh, and we'll, get to the, we'll get to the other half of that in just a second, because I want to say something. Because they, okay. launch, they launch the anti-oxygen bomb after Godzilla manages to eat one of Monster Zero's heads. Would you, li- would you like to have a little uh, deep lore uh, fun fact about oh, that? Oh, yes! What's Travis's contribution to this? <laughs> There's a deep lore fun fact about Gadira. So each of the three Gadira heads have their own personality and, and name. At some point. Okay. But there's one, one of the heads, it's like if you're looking straight on to Gadira, the one on the, on the right is like, you know, it's a little extra derpy. The one that the the head that the other heads pick on. It is. He's a little extra derpy and his name is Kevin. You're joking. One of the heads names. No, I'm not. One of the heads names is Kevin. It's a little derpy, and the heads don't like each other. This is a conversation that we are having right now. The heads don't like They're, each other. And, 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 no, they like each other, but that one's a little derpy, so they pick on that. So the other heads pick on that one. And if you notice, like, that head will be like, look at it, shit, and then the other ones will, like, ram it, and it'll be like, <laughs> Larry, Curly, and Moe in one body. Exactly. That one's a little derpy, and his name's Kevin. Now, I love this, because the whole... And after, and then after I knew that, I felt bad for Kevin the entire time. I was like, no, Kevin, because he's the one that Godzilla rips the head off of. That's... And oh so then God. I'm like, no, Kevin! Why? Why are we beeping? Why is this a thing? I turned my thing off and everything. Yes, so there's your Godzilla deep lore fun fact. Okay. <laughs> so, I think it's kind of funny that they launched this anti I don't know what the other two's names are, but I know that one, because then I felt bad for him, because I noticed he was a little derpy. Well, if you're going to make fun of somebody, you should at least know their name. Anyways, so, again, I have to pick on the logic of the humans in this scenario. Why would this be the moment that you give up on Godzilla helping you when he manages to eat one of the two heads of this big thing that you're trying to fight off, right? And then also, it's not like they're fighting in the middle of a town that they're destroying shit. Right. They're in the ocean. But, like, before this... If they're in the ocean, let them fight. But before this, right, when they were fighting and it was kind of like an even-handed fight and sort of everybody went their separate ways, right? I could could see, okay, maybe Godzilla's not an effective uh, creature against Monster Zero, but you just took out one of its heads. Like, you just ripped off one of its heads. Would this not be the minute to say, okay, maybe he's got something here. Maybe we let him do it. Because he comes up out of the water, and you just see him, like, slurp down the head. And that should sound dirty, but it doesn't. But that's the minute where they come in with the anti-oxygen bomb that, ironically, takes out Godzilla and has zero effect on Monster Zero. Oh, he doesn't eat the head on this one. He eats the head later on because it's the there's a cutscene at the end. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. But Monster Zero He doesn't Zero, eat the head right now. Monster Zero triumphantly takes his perch on Rodan's 
fucking uh, what do you call it? Volcano. Volcano. With volcano with with Rodander sort of swirling around, kind of like a buzzer. Proving proving the little bitch, bitch that he is. It makes me think of Iago from The Lion King. <laughs> that's that's not even bad. But what I love what I love is as it's sitting there on its perch, and this, I'm sorry, I love the effects in this movie. This one part looks really terrible when it's growing back the head. And the head looks mm-hmm. all shiny and weird. They could have done something better with that. But the scientists sitting on the on the ship or in the plane or wherever they are, and they're like, oh my god, I don't know how this happens. This, this is like nothing in the natural order. It's like, I'm sorry, bring it back to reality for a second. There are many, many, many animals, creatures. I mean, they regrow limbs and shit. Maybe not heads, but... But I mean, some creatures regrow shit, like starfish regrow their limbs and shit. But you cut a worm in half, and it, and now you've got two worms and all that sort of thing. But like, they act like they've never seen anything even remotely like this. And no, you haven't. No, seen, you haven't seen they a, don't, a they big. They don't study a- worms and shit. They study titans. No, but it's it's like okay, no, you haven't seen a big alien dragon grow its whole head back. But you've seen animals that can grow things back. You've seen that human beings can reset their bones and reform the the tissue that they were missing. Like it's not as new, or a science somebody in the science community should not see that as something brand new. New, not brand new. I, like I have to make that distinction because the guy just sounds like yeah. an idiot. Um. Uh, <coughs> we cut over to. Sorry, I I now you know. Contribute my I didn't turn my phone on there silent. <laughs> that was what the quacking was. Fair enough. We go to the falls for reasons, and we see the hatching of Mothra, and the and co- that's where you have the scene with the doctor that's in the first Godzilla movie. Yeah. Oh no, that's in the that's in the Kong movie. Yes. And I would not even rewatching this movie now. I still wouldn't have put that together if you hadn't told me. But anyways, I, I just, do I do love what ahead. they do with color in this movie. Like throughout the entire throughout both Godzilla movies actually, they do a lot with color. But like Mothra being that same sort of bright blue that uh Godzilla's like fins are and you know, Monster Zero is mostly like this bright orange, bright yellow like power emanating from well, him. Well, and, and you you also see that uh Mothra has if you look at her wings it has, you know, like a lot of moths have like the big eye uh, design on their wings, which is a is a defense thing with moths. It makes them look bigger and scarier and whatever. Yeah. Uh, the eyes are supposedly supposed to look like Godzilla's eyes, which is what designates her as like the queen of the monsters. And being on the good guy team, because Team Blue is yes. clearly the good team. Yes. And then you've got like you know the. the I like the Mothra scene too. The Mothra scene's really really cool looking. Yeah, I mean, as we said, like as much as we're going to shit on this movie, and we're going to keep shitting on this movie, uh, you cannot fault the them. human stuff. Makes no sense. It's silly. Yeah, the the you cannot fault them for the for the visual aspect where where it sort of fell down a little bit in the first Godzilla. They made up for it. In this, and yeah, it is all color coded, and it is a little bit cartoony in that way, but it works. It, it, I, I don't know how to say it other than it just, it just works. So you see Mothra, and Mothra is like, you know, sort of stunning in its own regard, but also like definitely like it's, it's on Team Godzilla because that's what the colors tell you. And but then you look at Monster Zero, and it's got like, you know, that electrical type of charge that it does. That's sort of like that bright 
yellow-orange color, and obviously Rodan coming up out of the fire, and all the fire imagery is also really red, really orange. They play with color and visuals fantastically in this movie, as opposed to the first one, where it's like, okay, here's Godzilla that shoots shit, and here's all and the... And everything is dark. And and the Mudos are just gray. <laughs> Anyways. Well, when Mothra <coughs> shows up, they, uh, you, oh, you forget, so when the, when the bomb, the oxygen-destroying bomb goes off, like, you know, it doesn't end up killing Rodan, uh, not Rodan, uh, uh, Gadira. It doesn't end up killing Monster Zero, but they think it kills Godzilla because they can't hear him anymore. And when Mothra shows up and she starts, you know, singing her song, God, they can, on the sonar, they can pick up Godzilla, like, returning like yeah. some sort of call to be like basically I'm I'm fucked up. Like yeah. that shit hurt. <laughs> I'ma need a minute. I'ma need a minute. I and do so I do like to like, and well, it should... we need to go we need to go heal him and then that's when the dad uh does his other part, the complete version of his one eighty with Godzilla and he's like, we're gonna go take a nuclear you know, the Titan version of a giant Advil down to yeah. him. You're you're jumping ahead a bit, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Because, uh, yeah, there's two basically, like, Mothra arrival scenes. One is under the actual uh, under the actual waterfall where the larva was and where the cocoon was, and the other one is when it eventually appears to the, to the monarch ship. But we have this... We cut to the bad guy boat, and just... It, and it literally... Like, if there was a narrator, it would have been like, let's see how the bad guys are doing. And you got the mother bad and the daughter... Bad guy bunker. Bad the, guy bunker. Badguybunker.com. What is there in a bunker? But the mother and daughter are arguing, you know, there's guilt trips all around. The guy that's trying to help the mother get this, like, big plan underway is, like, rolling his eyes super hard. It's like, I'm, you know, did you ever think, did you think this was going to be easy? What fairy tale did your mother tell you? The mother, the daughter, like, locks herself. The daughter, who's in this nice, secure facility with all these, like eco-terrorists and her mother who's clearly gone crazy is still able to lock herself in a room that nobody else can get to and start yeah. making her plots and plans and because this movie was made in convenience mart she's sitting right under the vent where all the bad guys are doing all their bad guy plotting Be mm -hmm. because plot that's all that is so then we go on we talk to the the Monarch team. They talk about Monster Zero, trying to figure out why he wasn't affected by the anti-oxygen bomb. They talk about um, the the woman on the team. Oh, I have a bullshit. When you get to it, I have a bullshit on this scene. Okay, go ahead. When they start flipping through, and I have I have a I have sort of an aside conversation that uh, that I want to have as well as to what I want to see in the next movie. But they talk about basically. If uh, if he is this legend that everybody's talked about, you know, leg legend tellers called him Ghidorah, the three-headed serpent, whatever that came from the sky. They make the huge jump to okay, here's a here's an animal that can clearly fly, so it coming down from the sky is no big deal. But because they need this reveal in the plot, they translate he came from the sky to not being that just he's an he's animal an that, alien. that he's an alien, and then. Uh, the moral center of the movie that's trying to, you know, it is Sarazawa. Sarazawa is the walking fortune cookie. And he gets all, he's like offended on Godzilla's behalf. He's like, he's an invader. He's a false king. I'm like, okay, we, well, we get it. <laughs> here's the part that I call bullshit on because they're like, it's almost like nobody talk, like went out of their way to not 
like talk about him and shit. And then she brings up all the articles of them talking about him. Exactly, except she brings up all of the historic record where they're like, people are drawing him on caves and shit. People are drawing him on caves and like later on in the story they're chiseling him in, in monuments and later on they're painting him on canvases and it's like, nobody talked about him except everybody talked about him. Except every, well, they just drew pictures of him. We didn't talk about it. Mm. All the artists that drew the pictures of him, they didn't talk about that shit. If anybody was like, well, what'd you draw a picture of him? Okay, don't fucking thing, talk about it. Don't, we don't ask about that. The one thing I do want to say, because they go through their sort of databanks of like other other creatures that they know of, that they, they've monitored from various places or whatever, and then the news sort of keeps the montage going of all these creatures that are being released all over the world. And we've got, you know, Rodan. That's and... right. Once Kadira starts, like, once he gets on Rodan's perch at first, he starts calling out, and it makes all the other monsters... He, he makes all the other monsters go aggro. It's true. But, I mean, like, we've got a, lot, a bunch of awesome creatures in here already. Like, they mention Kong. Like, Kong is Poochie in this movie. You know, when Kong isn't on screen, everybody should be saying, where's Kong? Like... That's how much they talk about Kong and in this movie. And apparently Kong gives no fuck. <laughs> Zero. But we've got He's Kong. like, I, I don't give a fuck about what's going on out there. We, but we've got Kong. We've as long got... as that bitch doesn't show up here, I don't give a fuck. Kong's be like, a very gangster too. Be like, there's a reason I chose an island. <laughs> also, in against me, though, if I'm play, doing my own devil's advocate, if Kong were to be like, I'm going to go aggro too... Where would he go? Like, I know they determined that there's, like, hidden tunnels in the Earth, and the Earth is fucking hollow and all that shit. Is he gonna, like, what, swim through the ocean to be like, I'm gonna go break shit? I guess since he's on an island, the only thing he can do is be like, I don't give a fuck. And plus there's the storm that he hasn't been able to get out of any other time, so why would it work now? What I'm saying, though... Is we've got all these other cool monsters already to focus on. We've got Ghidorah, we've got Rodan, we've got Godzilla, we've got um, Mothra. We do see in the background there are some more Mudos hanging around. What they so what they show only in the background in brief clips, and I actually had to look it up on like a Godzilla mythology website thing on Google. Right? I want a movie about Behemoth. Well, I would like to add that technically that's not Behemoth because they don't have the rights to all of the Godzilla monsters I don't yet. care. Whatever. That big, massive, like, gorilla thing with the Mastodon tusks. I yes, want... Technically not Behemoth, but heavily implied. I want a movie about Behemoth. Um, or, I, I want, or I want it to my, be like... Yeah. You know you know what my we're going to... My boyfriend had to tell me about that though, because I was, because when I was watching it, I was like, I feel like this is where they're getting lazy in the monster department thing, where they were just like, well, we need a couple more. I know, we'll just make a mammoth that's big, and here's a fucking big ass turtle, and like, it's almost like they were like, if they had to make like two more monsters, one would be like, and this one's a giant fucking cat. I, I do like the fact that, like, you know in a story like this, there's going to be something that's a big spider, and we got that. But I just... We got un a giant spider, yeah. un Until I looked it up, right? Because you only see it in a flash, so I thought the same thing you thought initially. Which is just like, oh, they just resurrected a big woolly mammoth, and woolly mammoths, as we know them, 
were one of the Titans, and we just didn't know until now. But it's not. It's an actual like if you see the still shot, and I'd have to I'd have to send it to you because in the movie it's blurry as hell. It's actually a fucking gorilla, like sat with his fists on the ground, like like you see a gorilla ready for battle. Yeah. It just happens to have like massive tusks the size of its whole body sticking out of its face, and that's terrifying. Cause that that is King Kong plus. Yeah. Cause the one where the mountain like fucking moves in Montana, that was a uh, I forget what the turtle's name is, but there is like a turtle one, and he fucking. Flies too. He flies by spinning in the air, like he's fucking Blastoise or some shit. I don't know. I just feel like, you know how we got, and I'm gonna lean back on Marvel again. I don't care. Um, when we finally got in Avengers: Civil War, when we got um, Cap versus Iron Man, and it was really Cap versus Iron Man and Bucky. If we get Godzilla versus King Kong and this fucker, like. That's okay. I'm down with that. I but that that's my big aside. I want a Behemoth movie now. Now that I know that Behemoth is a thing, I I think it'll be a lot of fun. Look at Spaz getting into the deep lore of Godzilla. Or or they'll go the Avengers way and they figure out Behemoth is an even bigger threat and King Kong and Godzilla gotta team up. They gotta be lizard monkey bros and do like the most. Oh icon- no! I will already tell you what with the Godzilla. Uh, fandom is saying the major uh, villain in Godzilla vs. Kong is going to be. See, the way I think about it, right, like, if we look at the logic as it's presented in this movie, Monster Zero should be the big threat that would bring two titans like them together to fight, because he's the one that is the invading, like, all the titans can fight each other, like I said, Godzilla can face Mudo and Kong can face the Skullcrawlers and whatever, but that's all, like, titan, that's titan-on-titan violence, but, like, titan-on-titan violence, wouldn't, wouldn't the existence of, of Monster Zero, Ghidorah, in this movie, as it's presented, and the reasoning, and why nothing affects him, and how he's such an invader to this planet, would that not be the thing that would have Godzilla and Kong have their Avengers moment? Like, if you look at apparently it logically. Apparently not. Apparently not. Yes. Well, thanks. Well, no, but I'll but I'll tell you what it, it, what they think it's going to be. But there, they, the they, the there had to be two Iron Man movies before we could have Avengers. Exactly. Anyways, so the daughter escapes the terrorists because they're just really bad at their job. And, and she uh, takes the orca because she's be, like, Because hey, they're bad at their gonna, jobs. Her, her thing is, hey, what I'm going to do is, so Monster uh, Ghidorah is like, Ghidorah is like, you know, making everybody go aggro. I'll plug the, uh, the orca into the big-ass speakers at Fenway Park and uh, make, make it play the noise that makes everybody chill the fuck out. And profits? <laughs> I don't know. But she escapes, and somehow the dad finds out, so he leaves uh, Monarch, and then he has to well, stop. They, he find, that's when he figures out that human that the other sound is human, and so then he's able to track it, and they're like, oh, it's at Fenway Park. And he's about to go save his daughter and whatnot, but then they have to stop, because Mothra shows up to the boat, showing them where Godzilla is. God's, uh, Monarch decided they're going to follow Godzilla. They lean real hard on the Hollow Earth theory from uh, uh, Kong Skull from Island. Kong. And it's funny because the dude that explained Hollow Earth theory to them isn't is with, not is, the dude. Is not with is them when they figure out Hollow Earth theory. 
Yes, he is. He's somewhere else. He, well, he's still with the boat where the where the. Uh, he's still where Mothra was. He's still where Mothra hatched on the boat yeah. by the falls. He, he's chilling. He, he's put in his shift. He's he's having a nice little nap. But they plan to survive. Or sorry, they plan. They're to giving refund. Godzilla the the Titan version of an Advil and gonna go give him a nuclear warhead to be like, heal him up. And I mean, they're gonna they're gonna revive him with nukes, and the Air Force is just gonna like distract everybody while they do that. Here's the entire. They're like, oh fuck, that mo- that oxygen bomb thing didn't work out, so now we're gonna be on on the team. I think it's so funny though that the entire human Air Force has to basically be the hey, look over there. <laughs> while we do this over here, you look over there. But um, I didn't really write any notes for this like the whole resurrection scene they realize that you know they have to deliver it manually it's a really radio well, they find a they, yeah they find a pocket in the uh there's a small callback to the first godzilla movie in that the bomb has an analog timer on mm-hmm. it yeah um and uh they they find it in a pocket of air in that used to be I, they heavily lean on like it being Atlantis that Godzilla is just chilling in. This is where he chills whenever you know he's not fighting other Titans when they can't find him. Basically, whenever they're like, "Oh, we lost track of him." Doesn't one of them at one point refer to it as as Godzilla's nest? Yeah, or, or am I imagining that? And and, and they can't fire. The, they can't fire it as a torpedo. They're in a sub. They can't fire it as a torpedo because when they got sucked into, I guess, the middle of the Earth, is what, into the hollow part of the Earth, their weapon system got damaged. And they can't send a drone because they send drones, and that's how they find out Godzilla is in there. Uh, they can't send drones because the drones only go so far before the, the radiation in there just fucking fries their shit. So they send Sarazawa, and, so, and Sarazawa so makes it. So was like, "I'm gonna do it." But here's what I don't get, though, right? And here's where I'm 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 drifting off into a little bit of a fictional black hole here. If the whole theory of how all these titans have existed for so long is that the Earth is hollow, now forget everything that's that how they get around. Forget everything that we actually know about the wor- the Earth actually having a molten core. But anyways, and the radiation around Godzilla is already so fatal that we can't even get near it without somebody just awkwardly, like, deciding to kill themselves, would sending a a nuclear arm into an area that's already that radioactive in the center of the Earth, would that not have worldwide, um, what do you call it? Consequences? There, That's the word I'm looking for. Like, we revived, I mean, God- yeah, we, but... we re- we revived Godzilla, but we just turned Earth into Alderaan. Like, well, no, it's only a pocket, and it didn't – actually, it does show them blowing up, basically, Atlantis. I, I like the Atlantis yeah, comparison. A, I didn't – I didn't – I did not make that connection. I, I think they call it Atlantis. I don't know if they actually see it in the movie, but that's what I assume it is because they're like – they, they make a comment that they're like, this is – thousands and thousands of years old so i was like well i guess well, they, men- they mentioned some they mentioned some culture and then you got sarazawa who takes his glasses off once again and says no it's much older mm-hmm. <laughs> dramatic pause in human yes. form sarazawa 
But yeah, he goes in and he goes down, and obviously he's he's gonna die. So they have their big tearful goodbye with him. He goes down, and he does what you have to do in a Godzilla movie. You have to touch the monster on the nose. I yes, mean, he the, touches the monster on the, the nose. The kid, the kid had to so touch they have Mothra. That connection. The kid had to touch Mothra on the nose. You know, what's her name? Brie Larson had to touch Kong on the nose. Um. How they have that human connection. <laughs> I mean, Sarazawa is the human personification of Godzilla. Like it's, it's he's like his biggest cheerleader and advocate. Well, they, they they put him out there, and I and I know I refer to him as the human fortune cookie a lot, but he says all the things that are meaningful. Like he has he has a deeper understanding of Godzilla than anybody else does, and it is. Some people will say it's cheesy. This is one of the moments to me that isn't actually that cheesy when he says, you know, goodbye, my old friend, or whatever like that. It would yeah. be very easy to dismiss that as really cheesy. I think in the context of everything else that happens in that movie, it's pretty powerful in its own right. And then, obviously, it's the only character in the movie that I give a flying fuck about, so that's kind of sad. But, yeah, bomb goes off, Sarazawa's dead, Godzilla is very not dead, and, and we carry on. <laughs> Can I tell you, this one is uh, where my boyfriend, who who is the Godzilla fan, I mean, not that he doesn't, not that the rest of it doesn't bother him or anything. This is the one scene that he voices about that he's like, uh, he's like, but, but how, though? So when Godzilla shows up, okay, so the, the sub gets out of, I guess, the pocket in Earth that it was, comes back to the surface, Godzilla also comes back to the surface, shows up, and is, like, standing above them, above the thing. Mm -hmm. The, the... He's Jesus. How, how, how is he, do, how is he, how is he doing that? He's Jesus. In, in our mind, underneath the, underneath the water, he's just furiously kicking his feet to be standing No, do you know what it them. is? Whenever anything comes to attack the Earth, whenever anything becomes a threat... We have Godzilla, and Godzilla is, say it with me, our own personal Li Jesus. Lizard Jesus? I was going to say Lizard Jesus. I was, I was making fun of the song, and you fucked it up. Anyways. Yeah, I did. Just, I'm sorry. Let's just move swiftly on from that. You want to talk about iconic moments, though, and just iconic, like, one-shots? Iconic moments where you can just pause the movie and look at it and just say, that's fucking awesome. You got fully charged Godzilla. Yes, he's standing on the water because he's Jesus, but he has that one sort of, like, if he was a dude, it would be that moment where you, like, throw your arms to both sides and stick your chest out and just, like, scream or something. He has that one moment where he just shoots that big beam of, like, blue power up into the fucking heavens. And it is probably the most iconic shot of the entire movie. And it's just really badass. And it makes, like, five-year-old me watching a movie... Like, it makes me real happy. <laughs> You're like, yeah, Godzilla, he's gonna fuck some shit up. Well, well, no, it's like you take your critic hat off for a second, you're like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> so, Godzilla is on his way to Fenway to follow the thing. Ghidorah heads follow to Fenway. Follow the sound. Follow the sound, yeah, from the Orca. Ghidorah heads to Fenway as well. Ghidorah eats the towers that are, are broadcasting the Orca, and then finally, and I must have been really bored at this point because my note just says G&G &G face off, which is Godzilla and Ghidorah, except the uh, the people that are monitoring Godzilla are worried 
because what they did worked a little too well. And he's like, yeah, they roided up the. They're mm-hmm. like, does he look bigger? Shirazawa got that guy that juiced. <laughs> as corny as it is, there juiced are some. Li- he juiced that lizard. Yeah, and he's fucking glowing, and it's just like, and again, because we're so used to him being like that, that cool blue color. When you see him, and like you see, it looks like there's fire just under his skin as it starts to crack and it's so fucking good the fight becomes secondary because you're just like godzilla's gonna blow up and that's oh cool yeah and... they do they do make an offhanded reference that they're like he's gonna go thermonuclear and in like so many minutes and we're like aren't we a little concerned about that and then they just gonna eh, whatever <laughs> yeah so now's the time to bring him to a populated area not let him like handle his shit, like you said, in the water where nobody can get hurt. <laughs> but yeah, um, the other thing, and I will say this, this is the same for all the movies, all the monsters, even the good ones, Godzilla, Kong, etc., are are all terrifying to the humans before we realize that, you know, they're the good ones, we'll support them, whatever. But also, it's just kind of accepted, like Godzilla just kind of knows as well that all the people are on his side and you just sort of like he's swimming to the to the fucking park like and, and it, he just doesn't care about them he's just like whatever <laughs> as long as they're not in my way no they're but like, like so small for, and insignificant to them they're like as long he'll just bash right through them if they're in the way well when he comes out of the water again and, and we'll i go back to what was what we said uh back at castle bravo near the beginning of the movie the whole like when he comes up out of the water and stares at them again and nothing happens, but the guy's like, put your guns down, p- p- put the guns down, and I'm like, for the second time in a row in one movie... Fuck about those guns. Godzilla doesn't give a fuck about your guns! Godzilla doesn't give a single, solitary fuck about your guns. That's all I'm saying. But you you need to have that stare-down moment between Godzilla and the guy that has to forgive him, and I don't care, like, at all. Um... The first collision, when they do the running from... They pan back and they do this far away shot of Ghidorah and Godzilla, like, running at each other for the first time. And the, their very first impact sends a shockwave through the entire city. Again. Mm-hmm. Again, take the logic cap off and just appreciate it for what it is. That's also a pretty awesome thing. Meanwhile, the, the, the father and the mother are randomly looking through the broken Fenway Park... For the daughter. And the orca. And the orca. But then eventually, like, the guy that's they driving... They find the orca, and it's still working, somehow. Yeah, no, 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 they find the orca, like, when they find the daughter, but, like, here's here's the... No, they don't find the daughter until later. The orca is at Fenway Park, and then they're like, well, where would she go? And they're like, our childhood home. No, no, I'm gonna cut you off right there, because they don't figure it out. They, oh yeah, you're right. They get the they get the switchboard or whatever at the park because it was still broadcasting whatever. They don't yeah. know where to look. They're too busy arguing with each other. And the gu- the random army dude driving them is like, if I had to put up with you two, Com- I'd go. I'd run away from home too. And they're like, home. Comic relief army guy. That's like <laughs> comic relief army guy. That's like you know Godzilla and Mothra. Do they have like a thing? Yeah, it's like if I had parents his like you. Only I'd... job is to have funny one-liners. But his but his one-liner like saves the kid. Yes. But like the whole like if I had parents like you, I'd run away from home too. So the idea of running away from home told them they should go home 
and that's where yes. she went. Now, I get the I get the, you know, emotional like punch that that's supposed to give. Every kid wants to go feel safe. Every kid just wants to go home again. I get it in theory. I get the emotional string that they were trying to play there. But like her dad's not there. Her mom's not there. This is literally the city that all the monsters are fighting in. That kid's dumb. <laughs> You're like that kid's dumb. That kid's <laughs> dumb. Okay, not only dumb. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to figure out where we go. Okay, not, we're not there yet. So we have our we we flip back to the fight again, and we go back to sort of like the shots from underneath, like we had at the beginning of the movie. And Godzilla, Ghidorah, they're fighting, and then we have Mothra and Rodan come in, and they are. I'm gonna make the comparison once again. They are the War Machine and Falcon of this fight <laughs> because uh, they are just sidekicks I sh I sh I sh i'm trying to figure out whether i should say it or not all of a sudden this fight becomes a tag team match player and it's just <laughs> really it's just really bad <laughs> because like the, you should not be anthropomorphizing these these creatures that are gigantic and terrifying and whatever but basically mothra wins with a gotcha because Mothra, like, Mothra wins with with a move that moths don't have. Mothra is like less of a moth and more like an amalgamation of like a wasp bugs. and a moth. Yeah. Yes. Because it's like well, she has like she has like praying mantis arms and like a stinger and. It's just like they're they're grappling and looking right at each other, but then like the stinger comes up and around and gets it from behind. It's like a big monster gotcha. Yeah. Which, which doesn't end up meaning anything at all. But let's go back to the house for a second. Let's go back to the house for a second. Because we go back to the house and the kid, this this shitty child that went to her house. <laughs> this shitty child, okay. This, this shitty child that went to her house with no logical reasoning is somehow related to Indiana Jones. Because she survived in a bathtub better than Indiana Jones survived in a freezer. I'm just saying. Well, the debris fell on top of the bathtub. Bullshit. <laughs> that's, that's, that was the logic. No, I, I refuse. I do not accept this. Uh, it's bad. Like, but Ghidorah is. This is where it gets a bit weird. Ghidorah, I guess, like, Ghidorah's equivalent of the radioactiveness for Godzilla, like, recharging him. Ghidorah bites into a hydro building and just zaps yeah. everything. But, like, puts the wings out, and all of a sudden, all the points of the wing... Because they're, they're like bat wings, kind of. So all the mm -hmm. points of the wing become sources of electricity now, not just breathing the electricity from the mouths. And it's like, oh, there's a trick you didn't have before. Why didn't you start with that? You could have won at the beginning of the movie. Um, it just gets weird. Godzilla actually, or sorry, Ghidorah actually does the Iron Man thing, like just picks up Godzilla and like flies up really high in the air and drops him. And and then, just, yeah, and then they evaporate Mothra, which is kind of sad. Yeah, they do. They Well, Mothra apparently dies in every movie that she's in. Oh, Mothra's Kenny. Little Godzilla... Little Godzilla side lore there. She dies in every movie that she's in. Godzilla's but then they just there's an egg somewhere and then another one just shows up. So Godzilla is either Kenny McCormick or Rambling Rabbit, and either one of those. Uh, is sad. Uh, Mothra is yeah. Mothra yeah. Um, 
So Mothra gets evaporated. The mom sacrifices herself to distract Ghidorah so that everybody else can escape. Godzilla goes super nuclear and even more red. And it's the whole, like, red means something bad because it's not blue anymore. Again, the visuals are absolutely fantastic. Walking through the city, and the city is just melting around him. And he just does this weird sort of, like, fiery EMP kind of burst thing that just destroys Ghidorah, and then he sort of comes back again, you think, except it's just Godzilla eating the head. And, uh, it's a weird, it's a weird end to the fight, and then you get the sim- symbolic, all of a sudden, all the titans are there, and they all bow, even Rodan the bitch. Yes. What do you mean, even Rodan the bitch? Because Rodan the bitch should be dead. But he's not. So he's a bitch. And then he's like, oh, fuck, Godzilla's still here. Yes. This <laughs> is about you now. It's just, I I get it. And it's, it's, it's really cool, but it's very tidy. They say yeah. long live the king a lot in this movie. <laughs> oh, well, I think they put it out at the beginning, and then well, they, put it they out bring it back. He- they bring Cause, it back. Because they, they, the, 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 what's it called? The guy, I and I know the guy, I just can't think of the actor's name. The guy that sort of leads the eco-terrorists and whatever, when yeah. when Monster Zero slash Ghidorah starts taking over. Charles and, Dance, his name is Alan Jonah in the movie. Yeah, when, when Monster Zero starts taking over everything and fucking shit up, he says, well, long live the king, and he says it all ironically, so they get it mm-hmm. back again. It's, it's, it's the I am Iron Man of this mm-hmm. movie. Um, so the credits go, and the credits are to Serge Tankian's cover of Go Go Godzilla, which is just really funny, and I'll just sort of run you through how the clips progress. Because yeah, the, the headlines. The headlines progress, sort of, Titans are all leading to Skull Island, the mon- Monarch ramping up the forces in that area, and there's a new egg found at Skull there's Island. There's a second Mothra egg found. Monarch, uh, everywhere Monarch to that explore, the Titan... Monarch to explore so, the Hollow Earth theory. They say at one point, like, could uh, Titan droppings be used as fuel, but I think that's just put in there as a joke. And it ends with a hieroglyph, uh, with a, a shitty photo of a hieroglyph of Godzilla and Kong about to fight, which is, you know, that's sequel bait if I've ever seen it. But then the actual, actual post-credit is that guy, Jonah whatever, going to, you know, just a random Mexican black market where you buy Monster Zero heads. Yes, they find the the head that Godzilla ripped off, and this is where a bunch of the, you know, the Godzilla, the Godzilla nerds are talking about that the main uh, bad guy in, uh, in Godzilla, in Godzilla, um, versus Kong is gonna be Mecha, Mecha Rodan, or Mecha uh, Gadira. But the but a lot of people argue because it's just a head, whereas Mecha Rodan is like most of a body and kinda like robot a robot head that it's missing, I think. I will have to look that up just to be sure. I mean they but could, they're they, saying they that, could, that they they're could. that this guy's gonna build like a robot Gadira with the head. I mean, it could be just the head on a robot body, or they could use the head to clone it and then mechanically enhance the clone. 
I'm trying to see. Uh, I'm trying to uh, find. Because I, I don't know that I want it to just be like ran, random robot enemy. Because random robot enemy doesn't really. Well, and there is if you go back. Um, uh, there's another thing that people are talking about where they think it's either going to be Mecha Gadira or they think that. Um, so in the first movie, they find the bones of, like, an older Godzilla, I guess. Well, it was, it was always implied in, that there was something down there much bigger than Godzilla. Yes, and um, in in Godzilla lore, there is, uh, there's Mecha Godzilla, where the government has built, uh, built a, uh, using the bones of, like, a dead Godzilla. Why do they need the bones if it's mechanical? I don't know, because that's what it is. I'm wait, making... wait, 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 wait. So the government creates the Godzilla Buster. <laughs> yeah, basically. Here, I will give you I will give you some lore for Mecha, Mecha Godzilla. This is so that's... Marvel, it's unreal. Mecha <laughs> uh, Godzilla is, is 160 feet, uh, and he's 40,000 megatons. He's made of space titanium, whatever that means. So vibranium. <laughs> yeah. He has oh my uh, God. a lot. He has, he's capable of launching missiles from his fingers, his toes, and his kneecaps, and firing <laughs> energy beams from his eyes and chest, like oh Iron my Man. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> he is, uh, can make is... a force field. There's more than one Mecha Godzilla because there's one in each of the uh, different versions. It's you know what it is. But but it's, yeah, it's, they uh, it's fucking Dragonzord. It's yeah. Dragonzord. He's it does look like the Dragonzord basically. It's the Dragonzord, but it has like Godzilla bones in it. This is you know what this is. So they think, this so is they if, think Mecha Mecha Gadira is gonna be the 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 villain. So you think Mecha Mecha Gadira and Mecha Godzilla. Ver Either it's going to be, it's probably not going to be both. It's probably going to be one or the other. Because if, obviously, the story is going to go along the lines of any time a hero faces a hero, it's going to be the, the heroes face each other, and then they get together for the bigger fight. But if it's Godzilla and King Kong against one against a mechanical version of something that Godzilla himself has already defeated... I almost want to think that it would be two versus two. Like, Godzilla would face himself, and then King Kong would have, like, the Mortal Kombat 2 moment. It's like, well, I'll take the leftovers. Like, that could that could be fun. But this is... I'm trying, I'm trying to see if there's, like... I'm trying to look up the thing for Mecha Gadira. Oh, no. Keep going. There's also a Mecha Kong, by the way. But whatever. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I'm just looking now. Uh, there's also a space Godzilla. We're going real deep into Oh Godzilla my Christ. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, like, technically Monster Zero should be considered the space Godzilla. If 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 uh, Monster Zero is actually an alien. I'm, tr I'm starting to realize that the Godzilla trilogy, at least the one we currently have, is basically what would happen if the MCU tried to make a Power Rangers movie. Uh, I can't find Mecha Gadira in that's, here, but yeah, it's like I'm pretty sure that's okay. <laughs> I'm like intrigued by it now because yeah. I'm trying to see. I don't remember what parts of Mecha Gadira are or robot parts, but I know it's more than just like I know it's less than his entire body and one head is real. 
Yeah, well, this is why I'm saying, like, he took the head. The head's already dead. So, like, yeah. I would much rather have um, a clone that has been somewhat uh, mechanically enhanced. Like, um, what's her name? Okay, so in uh, in, in when he's Mecha Ghadira, I it looks like the one head that Godzilla took off, that's the mechanized one. And, like, the rest of him is, like, fucking normal. If I'm looking at this correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, so right now we have the head, and they're going to have to build the body, whereas the other, the Mecha Gadira has the whole body and has to replace one head. Yes. Yeah. No, but I, I would rather it just be a clone, because then it would be, like, a, like a nebula situation, where it's like, yeah. oh, every, every time our monster loses a fight, we'll just give him more guns. Murica. Just give him more metal parts. I will say, though, for the next one, because it's going to have Kong in it, too, and with with what we gave Kong so much credit for in the last movie, there have to be more human characters in the next one that we give a shit about. Uh, I agree. Um, you see at the end of Kong that, uh, what's his name, Conrad and uh, the Brie Larson character, whose name I can't remember, they both get recruited to Monarch. So if Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, if Loki and <laughs> Captain Marvel are not in King Kong versus Godzilla, I'm going to riot. I don't think they can afford them now at this point. <laughs> well, Loki's dead, so... Anyway, that's another story for another day, and, and Captain Marvel needs to be better the second time around. These are other conversations for other days. Holy fuck, we've talked the hell out of this movie. Do you have anything else you want to say about King of the Monsters? I I, I like this movie. I think the visuals are really cool. I don't think the characters are all... I, I like some characters, but they're mostly, like, side characters. And the kid, um, and the kid, is, the kid is shitty. The, the... If we had, like, the characters we... the Whoever did the characters from Kong brought bringing together the char- the people who did the characters from Kong, maybe not those people, but the writing, I guess, for the characters in Kong with the visuals and all that shit from, from this. this movie, then we have a well-rounded movie. But- and, and see, the thing is, though, the, the uh, I think that's sort of an unfair take in the sense that Kong, Kong's visuals are also brilliant, but they're much more natural because, like, an ape in well, the jungle Kong is something we're much more used to. Kong's visuals are brilliant when it comes to Kong, because some of the CGI in Kong is like... Oh, no, but I just mean, like, it's it's way, it's way easier to be impressed by the visuals in this, because we're talking about all kinds of creatures that we've never seen before, like Godzilla's not real and Rodan's not real and all that. King Kong... Really? Wh- They're not real? <laughs> Fuck off. You know what Anyways, I mean. Go ahead. But like, no, but King Kong has that sort of like one foot in reality because he is just a bigger version of something that we know. So he's, you know, he's a monkey. He's living in the jungle. It's whatever. It's that one step closer to reality. So it's easier to make that look okay. And this obviously sticks out more because it's way, way, way different. I think visually Kong is better looking than we give it credit for. Although I will say there are those moments where it absolutely falls off the map. I think the first Godzilla is. I think the first Godzilla is far worse. I don't think the visuals in Kong were all bad, um, but the parts that are bad are like real bad. Oh yeah, you can you can tell they're like we're dropping money here. We're not dropping money here. Yeah. But I'm just thinking like visually, the first and the third movie, obviously because they're both Godzilla movies, they have the same sort of themes and whatever. They're really easy to compare. I don't know how I would compare them to to King Kong because it's such a different aesthetic. 
But I will say they need to bring in some characters. You need you need to bring in Conrad and the Brie Larson character. You need to bring in uh, especially if it's going to be the end of yeah the quote trilogy. What do you call four four movie trilogy? Either a quadrology or an anthology. There you go. But uh, I would like to see, even though they weren't super great characters, um, the the couple from the first Godzilla movie. That wouldn't hurt my feelings. Uh, and the two from... from uh, The bomb guy that never defuses a bomb? The bomb guy that never defuses a bomb, and his wife, who's a nurse, because of course she is. Um, I mean, resurrect Brian Cranston, I'm sure you wouldn't mind that. Um, no, Nobody from this movie. Like, nobody from this movie. I don't know, I like the sonar guy. Well, yeah, but like none of the main characters from this movie. No, not not the not the bitching, divorcing, like quippy couple. Not their shitty, stupid child. Nobody from this movie except for maybe the the one-liner guy. Um, I'm now looking up all the different Godzilla monsters, and I'm looking up specifically Space Godzilla. I st- I still want Behemoth. Oh, sorry, Astro Godzilla. <laughs> Oh my god, somehow that makes it better. Okay. Well, uh, the one there's one design for Space Godzilla where he's Godzilla, but he has like two giant ass crystals poking out of his shoulders like he's in the fucking Road Warriors. <laughs> and that's uh really bad. And uh It's Doomsday. There's, yeah. <laughs> Okay, while you're looking up more Godzilla okay, monsters, sorry. while sorry, no, keep, I could go on about this all day. So let's let's, keep, let's no keep going. Up. I think it's great, but just like while you're looking up more monsters, I do want to uh, will we will we tell the folks out there that are still listening at this point because they're very very kind what they can expect from us in the next little while. Oh, am I gonna or am I gonna do that? Um, I thought you were gonna do that. You do it. It's your show. I'm looking up Godzilla monsters. Okay, so as we said before, when we started this series, we were gonna do the Godzilla trilogy, and then we were gonna move on to the Alien trilogy, which just got a hell of a lot more fun because Kristen has seen how many of the Alien movies? Zero. So that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be the next trilogy we are going to tackle. But also, and this is going to be a little bit different because it's not a straight-up trilogy. We wanted, to, I, or at least I wanted to tackle some Batman content, and I've been trying for the longest time to get Kristen to check out the Joaquin Phoenix uh, Joker movie, which is fantastic, and we will get to it when we get to it. But there's nothing you have really... You look at this whenever you get a chance. I have to look at this whenever I get a chance. Okay. It's Godzilla Jr. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Look how fucking cute he is! Sorry, I'm just... This this does not work in an audio platform. So what we're going to do, folks, leading up to the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, we are going to create our own Joker trilogy. We are going to be reviewing the original Batman, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson Batman, from 1989. Basically any movie that the Joker's been in. Yeah, so the original Batman, and then we're going to move on to Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, uh, we are then going to do the Joaquin Phoenix uh, Joker movie itself. That's going to be the next trilogy, and that'll take us out for quite a while. Also, I have re-uploads for our our reactions to San Diego Comic-Con and the Marvel Phase 4 stuff. I dug up an old Suicide Squad review from Kristen's channel, so thank her for letting us use the audio for that. And we still do have to re-upload that massive MCU review we did. What the fuck is that? <laughs> His name is King Caesar. King Caesar Kaiju. What the f- Why? 
Why are you doing this while it's I'm like trying to make an announcement? Godzilla fucked a dog, and that would be that was their offspring. And, and a bird was somehow involved. <laughs> Anyways, so we're re-uploading the. Uh, I lost my train of thought now. Thanks. Um, no, I'm going to keep doing this. This is great. As you go, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Yeah, San Diego Comic-Con reactions, that's going to be re-uploaded. Suicide Squad uh, review is going to be re-uploaded. We are going to re-upload eventually that massive 19-movie MCU review that Kristen and I did when we were feeling like we were crazy. And I just told you the next three tri- or the next two trilogies that we're going to be tackling in the, in the current era of Flix Fix. So I hope you guys come along with us for the ride. Other than the big massive 19 movie review, I am going to stick with the Tuesday at 9 p.m. time slot. Um, if you're not watching it live, catch it later on all your famous uh, podcasting. Po- what the fuck? <laughs> it's Mecha Kong. That's Donkey Kong with a bucket on his head. <laughs> anyway, I fucking give up. Kristen, tell them where to find you. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Black Cat Feline and on Instagram at Black Cat Feline. And you guys know where to find me or you wouldn't be here. If you're still listening at this point, God fucking bless you. Oh, hang on one more. One more before you, before you do the outro. Hang on. This is terrible for audio. Sorry. This is Sorry. terrible for audio. Just. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm out. It's e- a fucking shrimp. Ibra Kaiju. I've been Spaz. She's been Kristen. This has been Flix Fix. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. We'll talk to each and every last one of you later. Hopefully. But for right now, me and Kristen are out of here. Take it easy. Bye, guys.